So I'm going squatching. We're going squatching, bitches. You made it. Thank you for joining us, and now you're awake. I'm Josh, and... I continue to be Lennon. And this is Don't Touch My Sasquatch. I almost jumped over your introduction. <laughs> to rug it out. <laughs> Here, we explore controversial topics with energy and a good... <laughs> with energy and a good laugh. We're two guys that have a love and passion for these topics. Things that you may have heard of, but may not know the full story of yet. We're here to tell you those stories... Share our opinions and let you come to your own conclusions. We'll do the research so you don't have to. On today's Halloween special, part two, we are talking about two monsters who have died and come back to terrorize from beyond. Ah! <laughs> oh, oh, he got me there. One of which is an evil being that likes to hang out in graveyards and eat human flesh. The other is an ancient... Egyptian corpse has undergone a burial procedure that's preserved their bodies for over 3,000 years. Listen to learn what creatures to look out for when visiting a loved one's grave and how curses affect those who didn't heed their warnings. Now sit back, relax, put those tinfoil hats on as we dive into our Halloween special part two. It's fucking spooky. Ghouls and mummies. It was a good spooky voice. <laughs> I tried. I did shit my pants a little. <laughs> it's a brown spot. <laughs> oh, God. Now, you won't hear this on the main cast. You might hear it at the end of the bloopers. But uh, I fucked up the entrance and said ancient alien corpse. And, and you called energy. me out on it. <laughs> and get energy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're, I just see you emphatically like, hold on, stop, Dive stop. <laughs> like, what, motherfucker? I was doing good. Haha, <laughs> 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 little did I know. <laughs> Ancient alien corpse. <laughs> I didn't even been. know I said that. That's all good. Oh, my Lord. Well, hopefully you liked the first, uh, you know, where, uh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully you liked the first, uh, First one about vampires and werewolves. I almost forgot what we I did. I did like it. I mean, it was a couple hours ago for us. And That's what you A think, week everybody. ago for you. Today, though, we're talking about ghouls and mummies. Mm-hmm. And I know you got deep in. Oh, I got deep in a mummy. Fucking nuts deep. Balls <laughs> deep, baby. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Balls deep, baby. <laughs> oh. oh my god, that hurts. <laughs> There's been a lot of laughing the past uh, seven minutes. You have heard probably just that one. <laughs> just <laughs> Balls deep, baby. All right. Anyhow. And, and, and indeed. We're starting with my guys, the ghouls. And then my, my La Familia. You know, my brothers, my sisters. Your siblings are ghouls. Oh, my brother, sisters, and me. My dad's a ghoul. <laughs> he fucking is, and you're a Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> We're a family of cryptids. <laughs> the cryptid crew. Oh, Sasquatch. No, those are the Patreon users. Uh, not users, but Patreon members. Sasquatch. Yeah. 
listen to the bonus episode of the DTS cast. Let's get to ghouls. (laughs) So what is a ghoul? I don't know. I'll fucking tell you what a ghoul is. A ghoul is a legendary evil being that robs graves and feeds off the corpses. Sounds fucking delicious. It's like a smorgasbord, you know? Imagine going to the... Free food there. You do. Imagine going to the uh, graveyard by us right now. Woo! That's a lot. Yeah. I say we sneak in there one day and do a live... Tweet. There was something <laughs> in my throat. <laughs> it gave me a little growth. <laughs> so, yes, they rob fucking graves and eat the goddamn corpses. They're generally slumped bipedal humanoids, although they often scramble and claw on all four. I'm the one that's supposed to distract you with all the hand motions. Oh, we are really getting ready for this hey, video stuff. Bitch. <laughs> I know. Do you even notice that the camera's on anymore? It's so the no. third episode in a row. No, I don't recognize it. Yeah, I think we're almost ready. I, well, I don't know about that. Well, you're not the one that's going to have to see it, so you forgot to turn it <laughs> on. I didn't notice it was on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All, right. All right. Poor ghouls are just not getting their love right now. Let's try to give Ooh. them their love. All right, I'm going to start with the description again. Just be <laughs> They're generally slumped... Bipedal humanoids, although they often scramble and crawl on all fours due to their due to their stealthy nature. <laughs> when you screw up, just go with it. Due to their stealthy nature and tendency to occupy cramped tunnels and tombs, and their stench is enough to overpower most humans. That's ghouls are stinky. Apparently, so that's stank what, ass. They fucking need to wash more. What was it? They're mounching down on decomposing. They're mon- munching down on some <laughs> decomposing corpses. Of course they're stanky. They're eating... <laughs> <laughs> Dead body. Delicious. <laughs> Their bodies may appear emaciated and dog-like, but particularly powerful ghouls may grow quite fat on indecent delicacies. Their skin may be pale, and their flesh itself may appear hairless and rubbery. Mm-hmm. Like many legendary monsters, ghouls crave human flesh. Although they won't turn down a living meal, a living meal, they prefer to munch on the dead bones and all. Fuck me, the <laughs> asshole. The comma's in the wrong spot. I'm pausing in the wrong spot. <laughs> Who's your editor? <laughs> I am. I didn't edit the shit out of this one. They prefer to munch on the dead, bones and all. Ah. There's where the comma is supposed to be. Their large claws allow them to dig into the earth, and their strength allows them to rip open caskets. Similar to vampires, ghouls are driven by their hunger and are typically nocturnal. Unlike vampires, though, they will eat flesh and not just suck blood. They have sharp teeth and claws, but are not intelligent at all. They avoid the sunlight by maintaining a network of tunnels. The longer a ghoul goes without feeding, the less human it looks. A ghoul in the later stages of starvation will be extremely thin, pale, and have veins clearly visible through the skin, and will have long claw-like nails. What are you doing over there? It's a pangolin. I'm sorry. You're just sitting here like looking at your phone. It's and- the ghoul. It's a ghoul. Long claws. <laughs> That's all I think. But they're so good because they just sit there and just like, that's just how they are. 
That looks like okay. The, the top picture you're showing me kind of looks like uh, Godzilla. Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Sid Long. So the story behind it, you said, yeah. Long, Please tell me. Long claws for digging up, and all I could think of was the pangolin <laughs> with its arms just its claws just crossed. Everyone, look up a pangolin. It'll tell you everything you need to know. That ad break was brought to you by <laughs> Penguin. <laughs> All right, let's get into some abilities here. They can fly. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so, ghouls. Uh, abilities. I think you said Billy's. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Billy Cranston. Bob Thornton. <laughs> uh, so, ghouls can shape shift. They have the ability to transform into humans that they've eaten. Only the humans they've eaten. They apparently also gain the memories of the person they have shapeshifted into if they eat the brain and the heart. Mm. Most graves, I'm assuming, don't have those, though, because, you know, they get taken out. Mm-hmm. They have super speed, super strength, super agility, and super senses. Super senses? Senses. So I'm guessing, like, smell. Spider sense. His dick starts tingling, and he knows someone's behind him. Gonna grab him in the butthole. Wow. And he's like, oh, hey, no, <laughs> ain't today, brother. He's still right. Well, I don't have a transition here, so we're just gonna go into legends. Do it. A Roy Brook. The fuck was that? Uh, it's the word from um, when I was doing werewolves. Uh huh. Arabic. Oh. Arabic. I meant to say Arabic that time. It just Arabic. Came, out, <laughs> it came out the same way again. Well, first it came out. <laughs> Arabic folklore. Mm-hmm. They have stories of ghouls circulating throughout the Middle East long before the 7th century spread of Islam. The term ghoul may come from the Akkadian demon in ancient Mesopotamia, Mesopotamian sorry, myth called Galu. Kind of like Baloo the bear, but Galu. Balu. Balu. Bau. In the original Arabic text, the Thousand and One Nights, ghouls were vile tricksters and ravenous flesh eaters, kind of like me. You're a flesh eater? No, I'm a trickster. Who <laughs> 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 oh my. <laughs> I told you I'm wheezing over here. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that was you. Yeah, no, I, I'm. Um, my superior genes have made it so that if I laugh too much, I need an inhaler. I do not have said inhaler. Can on you hand, bring it with you? So we're going to just wheeze through this. I apologize. I'm glad I have a short part in this, and you have the long one. Your disclaimer is over. <laughs> in ancient Arabic folklore. Ghouls belong to a diabolical class of jinn. Not the drink. No, I know. Yeah, okay. Well, I know you know, but the other people might not know. Is this jinn spelled with a, it's a Y, right? J. Uh, It's a G, J, I, N. I'll tell you later. I was just kidding. Um, Because the way I spelled isn't the way it's spelled, so. I just did it just to get it. D, J, I, N is the Mandalorian. Ho, ho, the jinn. Jinjarin. Jinjarin. Go ahead. Now, after we our little side tangent on the Mandalorian, ghouls belong to a diabolical class of jinn. They were capable of constantly charging. F- Fuck me in the ass. They were capable of constantly changing form, but their presence was always recognizable by their unaltered 
sign. Asses hooves. <laughs> Asses hooves. I just left it that way because I was like, "Ah, oh, that's gonna get him." It is good. I like that. Um, so they're a donkey. I, I, you know, all the all the pictures I've seen, I don't see any donkey hoof prints. But this is also the Arabic version of it, not the more um, European. I can version. tell you, I've never seen a burra in a cemetery. Hee <laughs> <laughs> They are also desert-dwelling, shape-shifting, evil demons that can disguise itself as an animal, most notably a hyena. In hyena form, the lore goes that it would lure unwary people into the desert. When they were far enough away from civilization, the rest of the pack... <coughs> I'm sorry, I had to clear my throat. I was debating if I was going <laughs> to... I was going to like that. <laughs> the rest of the pack... <laughs> He was like looking over for <laughs> the rest of the pack. <laughs> oh, God. The rest of the pack. <laughs> Jesus. Why didn't oh. you approve? <laughs> this is not going to help my breathing for the rest of the episode. Oh, my okay. God. <clears throat> I promise someday you all will be able to see this. It's pretty funny. Ah. Where am I? I fucking lost me. <laughs> That's right. All right. When far enough away from civilization, the rest of the pack would appear, <laughs> would appear and devour the victim quickly. Uh, so they would just lure him away, away from civilization, and just pounce on that motherfucker. Like a bird does. <laughs> <laughs> The creature also eats young children, drinks blood, steals coins. I don't know why he needs fucking <laughs> coins. <laughs> like, okay. He needs to pay for, you know, medical bills, apparently. And eats the dead, like we've mentioned. Then they take the form of the person that they most recently ate, which I've also mentioned before. This is what <laughs> happens when you do really, really late, really, really early research because your Wi-Fi is like, get fucked. Yeah. Now we're going to go to the European legend. In European legend, ghouls were not well known to Europeans until Antonio Galland, which is a French writer, translated the Thousand and One Nights, the Arabic, Arabic, the Arabic text. Although these texts were tainted because of Galland's loose interpretation of the text, he is thought to have created several characters and added in stories that were not originally part of the work. One of the characters was Amina. She was a woman who in she was a woman that who enjoyed keeping company with ghouls. <laughs> you heard that too? Jesus. What was that? I don't fucking know. Was that a ghoul itself? They're talking about us, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, switch it to a different form. You can't run that fast. <laughs> Because they're heavy footed. Because <laughs> they're heavy footed. <laughs> okay. One of the characters he, he changed or added to the text was called Amina. I'm going to repeat that again. She's a woman who enjoyed keeping company with ghouls, inhabiting a graveyard, instead of spending time with her fucking husband. Oh. Jesus Christ. What a bitch. 
She's like getting fucked by ghouls. What do you expect? <laughs> Ghoul whore. Ghoul whore. <laughs> these versions Burr. of ghouls... <laughs> these versions of ghouls introduce the idea that the creature frequently... Nope. Creatures frequented graveyards specifically to feast on the dead, which in turn had a large impact on how Europeans grew to perceive the ghoul legend. Bam. Bam. Wait for it. <laughs> Some ghouls are capable of blending into hum- human society fairly well. Changelings are switched with human children at birth and grow up in human households unnoticed. It is uncertain if the changelings' features are less harsh because they grew up in an environment that is less harsh and evil than what they were born into or because they were just genetically predispo- predisposed to having more humanistic traits. <laughs> Either way, they are able to pass with relative ease. Mm. Bastards. Yeah, they don't look like donkeys, all right? These fucking burrow bastards. <laughs> Fuck it. hee You got a cute kid right there. The fuck? <laughs> Is he a fucking satyr? <laughs> the 8th century Tibetan Book of the Dead uh-huh. details the Buddhist journey through death. Here, in the dreamlike state known as Bardo, the departed soul encounters the Pishichi, Pishichi. I'm pretty sure that's what it says. P i s h a c h e c h i c h i c h i. It's like elemento. <laughs> There's a p. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, encountered the Pishichi ghouls. If I'm saying that wrong, people, please fuck it's a off. Good chance. So, <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. Please fuck uh, off. <laughs> Uh, they're fierce, they're fierce female beings with bestial heads uh-huh. and an appetite for bones and viscera. Don't mind if I do. Oh, <laughs> my. <laughs> now, ghouls of today. Now, there's not many. I also was not, um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't have the time to look up many stories for today. Uh, you know, of ghouls of today. Hey, that's okay. So, um, I got a couple, though. Okay. Couple as in, I got a couple bulletin points. <laughs> <laughs> bulletin points. Absolutely. Ghoulish behavior generally doesn't hit the news cycle, but in one account in 2011, two Pakistani, Pakistani, Pakistanis? Pa- Pakistani. Thank you. Pakistanis were charged. Oh, I could have gotten you. I could have said like Pakistanian. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not that stupid. Okay. Go back to reading now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> He did it. He did the Lennon laugh. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> Every episode. <laughs> Off the fucking rails. This is so good. Matthew McConaughey calls. Two Pakistanis were charged with allegedly... You know, I'm going to reread this whole sentence because we just went off the rails. Ghoulish behavior generally doesn't hit the news cycle. But in one account, in 2011... Two Pakistanis were charged with allegedly digging up a 24-year-old woman corpse, woman's corpse and eating her. Okay. Yeah. All right. That happened, I guess. It, it did happen. Oh, shit. Some texts suggest that many modern ghouls have fled deep into the underground, perhaps due in part to territory loss. Mm-hmm. You know, we take land away from 
Native Everybody. <laughs> and that includes cryptids and... Yeah. If becoming a ghoul is transmitted through being bitten or spreads like a virus, then new ghouls will continue to pop up wherever corpses, wherever corpses accumulate and human and ghouls cross paths. <gasps> do, do, do. Sounded like it was done, doesn't it? But we're not. How to become a ghoul. You ready, peeps? Yep. Die. <laughs> Die, bitches. Uh, you can be born a ghoul. Two ghouls having a kid rarely results in offspring, though. They are generally formless things and are immediately eaten by their mother. Okay. Well, you'll be a ghoul still, but I mean, just going to be eaten. All right. Fair enough. The birth of a rare ghoul-human hybrid, the creature barely survives with... Envious wrath of its fellow ghouls. Oh. Or not with, but because of envious wrath from its fellow ghouls. In other words, you don't want to be born as a ghoul. <clears throat> Too late. Creationist ghouls. Uh, some folklore says ghouls are just one form of an evil spirit. In Islamic tradition, they are classified as jinn, D-J-I-N-N, and malevolent beings that rebelled against their creator, Allah. Ooh. Ooh. <clears throat> okay. Don't do it. Now, this one's confusing. Okay. Because I, I don't know if it's supposed to be casual ghouls or the way it's spelled C A U S A L. Causal. 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 Causal? C A U S A L. Is that a word? Causal? C A U S. Yes. Yes. S A L. C A U. That'd be causal. I don't know if it's an actual word. So I don't know if it's. Yeah. Casual or causal. So, causal or yeah. casual, depending on if the spelling was right. Ghouls. It's casual. <laughs> it's a casual ghoul. <laughs> it one catch. He's got cargo he, shorts on and everything. He's a fucking cool cat. <laughs> Fedora cargo shorts. Hey, you cool cats and kittens. Hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so they are other uh, casual or causal ghouls. Other myths say ghouls are former humans who transformed into their current state due to wickedness or morbidity. In some accounts, the person rises as a ghoul after death. In others, he or she becomes a ghoul after dining on human flesh. What else becomes something after dining on human flesh? Um, Werewolves? An inmate. Which, well, disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Very well, though. That was thank you. Damn, that's pretty quick. Thank you, Dahmer. <laughs> um, so we have werewolves, which we talked about in the last episode, episode twenty-one, mm-hmm. two, twenty-two, twenty-two. We have yeah. skinwalkers, which was episode eight. Yes, yes. Anything else turn into something else after munching on some fucking flesh? Now ghouls and Dahmer and prisoners. I can't remember. And Lennon. Now was we have some. Uh, I don't know. Now we move on to pathogenetic Pathogenetic. Holy mother of God. Now we move on to pathogenic ghouls. Similar to vampires and zombies, it is thought that becoming a ghoul is spread like an infectious virus. The condition debilitates the victim until he or she turns into a ghoul or dies and is risen again as one. In most cases, the, infected is tra- the infection is transmitted through a ghoul's bite. In some versions, if a human drinks the blood of a from the that. In some versions, if a human drinks the blood from a vampire, that person can turn into a ghoul. I thought they turned into vampires, but apparently they turned into ghouls. It's, uh, it, right? Yeah. Pick, yeah. 
I guess it's a shit show. You just drink and you like, come on, vampire, vampire. Oh, fuck, I'm a ghoul. <laughs> Got pangolin claws. <laughs> but, but hold on. Humans must continue to drink the blood from a vampire once a month. And then he does not age. He heals quicker. He or she heals quicker and is stronger and faster. So That's cool. I guess it's, you know, but you have to drink the blood of a vampire constantly. You have to have a pretty fucking cool yeah, vampire. I, I just make an arrangement with a vamp to have him turn me. I'll give you the living humans. You can suck their blood. I'll eat their flesh. Boom. There's the arrangement. There you go. But All I'd right. still rather be a vamp than a fucking burrogool. <laughs> now, is there a cure for a girl? Now, is there a cure, <laughs> is there a cure for a ghoul? I don't know. Well, I'll fucking tell you. There's no known cure for a ghoul. Well, Sorry. <laughs> that concludes today's episode. <laughs> but they do have weaknesses. Okay. So some of the weaknesses, uh, two to be exact. According to the legend, church bells scare away hostile creatures. So you're in a good position. you got 15 churches surrounding you. You're set. Fucking annoying. <laughs> it is better to trick them, though, than to fight them. So Ooh. just ring some fucking church bells, have them get scared, and get the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> Next thing is light, kind of like a vampire. Mm. but light doesn't kill them. It just is extremely painful to them. Mm. So get some light, turn it on their fuckers, and they'll run too. Mm -hmm. That is how you cure them, which is non-existent. So that is their weakness. Now to wrap things up, how do you kill a ghoul? How do you do it? Well, I'll fucking tell you. Ghouls can be killed if forced in... Whoop, I thought I wrote costume... (laughs) <laughs> forced into a costume and forced to consume normal food. <laughs> okay, I want to read that. <laughs> Wait, was that supposed to be food? <laughs> yes. Normal <laughs> feud. I love it. Normal <laughs> feud. <laughs> Ghouls can be killed if forced to consume normal food, which will weaken their physical condition and possibly make them vulnerable to man-made objects such as guns, knives, swords. Swords. Ghouls will die if they are receive. Hmm? Ghouls will die if they receive extremely critical or life threatening injuries that will kill them before they have a chance to heal. They would say extreme criticism. <laughs> yeah. You fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. Terrible posture. Terrible posture. You have the worst haircut I've ever seen. Look at your nails. Look at them. Terrible. Get a nail clipper. Oh, Oh, she's dead. Feud. Victory. (laughs) Some Arabic texts stress that only a single hit from a mighty sword will do that trick. Do that trick. So just chop their fucking head off. Oops, Mm -hmm. I jumped the gun. We'll do the trick. If the ghoul... If the ghoul tricks the killer into landing a second hit, though, he will not die, but will live and, you know, will come back to life and destroy you. So if you hit... Big if. (laughs) So if you hit the damn ghoul twice, he's not dying. He's going to come back and just fucking munch down on your... uh, So it's it's only two hits. So you have to fuck him up. You have to fuck him up on the first hit. First tip. What about a third hit? Does that negate the first two and start over? Good, good question. How about this? Easiest and most certain way to kill him? Just decapitate him. I didn't mean that will do it. I guess. One hit. Boom. Two other ways. Fire. Mm-hmm. Using fire can be extremely tricky, though. 
as you will have to be able to heat the element to extreme temperatures to char the ghoul to ashes. Apparently there's only one way. I'm sorry, not two ways. Uh, at the end of the day, the most important thing is precision. One mistake on the part of the person fighting the ghoul will certainly, almost certainly, result in the person's death. Whether they are eaten or turned into a ghoul themselves, their demise is imminent. Oof. Piece of shit. Just keep Extreme insulting Extreme criticism. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that is ghouls. That's cool. And we're going to roll into mummies. But before we do that, I would like to comment on yeah, please and do. say... Please do. Before this, mm-hmm. my idea of what a ghoul in my head was is mm-hmm. completely different than what it actually is. What did you think a ghoul was? I thought it was some kind of like ghost or specter. Shit, man. I wish I would... That would have been smart. I should have asked you what you thought a ghoul was beforehand. That's I, all right, though. But I you thought it was a goose it, or spectra? Goose? <laughs> didn't think it was a goose. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I thought, yeah, no, I didn't realize it was like kind of like a zombie vampire creature. Mm-hmm. It's kind of wild. It's cool as shit. Because like when you were telling this, I was like, I'm just going to look up a, like some a picture to see what mm-hmm. you're... And yeah, that's not at all what I expected. And obviously listening to your description, right. they just cannot take extreme criticism. Well, look at them. They're ugly sons of bitches. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear about... Um, I know about mummies, but there's a curse you were talking about that I'm really excited to hear about. So am I. You're, you're excited <laughs> to hear about it, too? <laughs> I can't wait. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to read it for the first time, people. <laughs> so, so... Mummy, 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 mummy. Show me the mummy. <laughs> Mummies, like vampires, mm. are another classic horror movie monster that has shown up repeatedly in pop culture. Whether they are being portrayed by Tom Cruise or Boris Karloff in the 1932 classic, you looking at me with questions? No. Or being fought by Brendan Fraser in what are two Fraser or or in what are two of my favorite rewatch movies? The Mummy the, and the Mummy Two. Yeah, the third yeah. one sucks ass, but I love those two movies. Oh, Mummy, such a good actor. Still is. You know what I mean, though. Yes. Poor guy just havoc to his body. Yes, destroyed his body in those three movies. Jesus. Anyway, speaking of destroying bodies, mummies are unmistakable for their appearance. Wrapped in cloth and sometimes slow-moving with arms outstretched, they are essentially reanimated Egyptian pharaohs or... Egyptian pharaohs or high society members... They could afford to go through the horrific modification mummification process. It kept autocorrecting mummification to modification. <laughs> Stupid autocorrect. In movie depictions, they are searching for their lost love or trying to enact their will on the world. But in any case, what is the origin of the classic creature? Is it is it time? Is it time? We're getting there. Oh, okay. It all begins in Egypt. Wait a minute. This is history, right? This Oh, fuck. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to build a pyramid, paint some paintings, and start a revolution. Get ready for Lenin's History Corner. Bravissimo! Bravissimo, baba! Peter, che capetteco! It all begins in Egypt. <laughs> So much. I'm sorry. My chair just jolted to the right. I, got I like that as it was moving. 
It all begins in Egypt. Gorgeous pyramids. Incredible oh, temples. <laughs> the Nile River. We're extraterrestrial my, builders. We're talking about my Saturday nights, aren't you? Yeah, extraterrestrial builders. No, no, no. Great pyramids. Great pharaohs nice, of old. Nice ne- Nile River. Nice neck. Fuck Christ's sakes. It's like yeah, right. It's how you pick up girls. Nice neck. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why it doesn't work that well. You got a real pretty Me, neck. Josh. <laughs> Me, Josh. You nice neck. If you were rich enough huh? in Egypt to afford it, or if you held a high enough political office, such as a pharaoh, mm-hmm. you had the ability to be mummified. So we'll be mummified after this podcast. Well, I'll tell you about it. I kind of want to be mummified. It's kind of oh. cool. One would choose this method over the, the dig a hole and roll me in method because it was important to their religion for them to resemble a lifelike state for the afterlife and gotcha. to keep their body intact. The process of intentional mummification began around 2600 BC. Time out, time out. Intentional mummification. There was non-intentional mummification? Yes. Do you get into that? Huh? Do you get into that? Sort of, not really. And by sort of, I mean no. (laughs) (laughs) And by no, I mean, what the fuck? Let me finish my sentence and I'll explain it real quick. Sorry. Let me finish my sentence. I'll explain it real quick. (laughs) The process of intentional. (laughs) Oh, that does something to my nether regions. So it began around 2600 BC. Yes, sir. During the fourth and fifth dynasties of Egypt. Gotcha. And it was practiced for over 2000 years. Now I say intentional. Because they had um, some of the bodies that they would bury in the sands mm-hmm. and stuff would be unintentionally mummified. Oh, then they discovered, it. hey, we could actually do this ourselves, thus intentional. Understood. Got it. During the 18th through the 12th dynasties, the Egyptians really knocked it out of the park with their mummification process. It was, as they say, the chef's kiss. Oh, These mummies were preserved so well that they are the ones we most frequently see today, like King Tut. King Tutankhamun. Yes. Now, let's talk about the mummification process. Please do. Please do. The mummification process spanned over the course of 70 days to complete. It's a long fucking time. Doesn't it start rotting by then? Well, we'll get into it. Special priests worked as embalmers performing spiritual rituals while performing their task of the process, which was only capable through their advanced knowledge of human anatomy. Okay. While they did rituals. was the whole point of what I was saying. The organs were the first to go. Mm-hmm. All carefully and precisely removed, like the brain. They would stick special hooked tools into the nostrils and delicately rip out parts of the brain tissue after spinning around. It's like a COVID test. Oh, fucking feels like it sometimes. And by sometimes, I mean I hit it once. <laughs> Twice, three times. I don't the know. lady. <laughs> oh, once. Yeah. Twice, three times. The lady. Sorry. Hello. Oh, he's still going. Next. Oh, he's still going. <laughs> Next, through an incision on the left side of the abdomen, nipple, the stomach and chest organs were all removed except for the heart, mm. which was to remain as it was believed to be where a person's being and intelligence was kept. Interesting. The okay. stomach, liver, lungs, and intestines were removed and placed into five placed into five special jars called canopic jars. These are the jars that you see with different toppers on it for lids. 
The different lids were for different organs specifically, and the mummies were then buried or entombed with these jars. Nice. Sometimes the jars were stuffed back into the body. Sometimes they were put with them in the sarcophagus. It was different ones. There were different things. Gotcha. But each one had specific purpose. I wanted to write it, but there's no point. No one cares but me. <laughs> the next thing to be removed. Wait, I want to know their purposes. All right. <laughs> the next thing to be removed was all of the moisture from within the body. <laughs> so, well, that makes sense. You got to mummify it. You got to dry her out. Yep. It's like you uh, hang up meat. You got to hang up the meat. Hang up the meat. The this hang was up. done by covering the bodies in mm-hmm. natron. I don't know how to pronounce that. N a t r o n, which is a special type of salt with great drying properties. Some sources say this process of drying took 40 days alone, but I'm sure it varied from customer to customer. So it literally is like when you cure your fucking meat and you're putting it exactly. in Exactly. They, they have to put salt all over the body. Some of them I saw, I was watching a couple of videos of the mm-hmm. process, like animations and stuff, and they were like, the body is then covered in the salt, and they literally have like this big fucking like box that they put the... They put put the bodies in just all salt. Anyway, then they take it out, lather it in some seasoning, some barbecue sauce, wrap it in some uh, get a nice smoke going on it. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's mummified. We're not Uh, eating it. Disgusting sons of bitches. Get your mind out of it. It's funny. I think I actually make a smoking (coughs) um, meat joke here pretty soon. Oh, I can't remember. Well, (laughs) when the drying stage was complete, that tracks. It tracks. Embalmers wash the body of the natron. Natron, natron, mm-hmm. and what remained was a very dried out looking body. Check. <laughs> Next, the sunken parts of the body were stuffed with linen to give the body back its form, and mm. fake eyes were added to the body. It's Christmas Eve, bitches. Time for wrapping. <laughs> <laughs> All you parents out there. To wrap an entire mummy, hundreds of yards of linen would be needed. Careful measures were taken to wrap the mummy in multiple layers many times, ensuring that every inch had been wrapped neatly and evenly. Sources said that fingers and toes were wrapped individually, and at different stages during the wrapping, a warm resin was drizzled over the body, and another layer of wrapping would commence. We really are getting ready to cook. <laughs> um, amulets, masks, and even linens with prayers written on them, ah, okay. were added in the middle of wrapping at different stages to ensure the body was mummified with the proper things. So some of the stuff, one of the videos I was watching, they had, um, there was this type of bird that was significant to the their religion mm-hmm. or to their um, location. Anyway, the bird was mummified itself. And gotcha. during the stages of wrapping, the bird was wrapped to be right over the chest. Gotcha. And so you got a mummy was mummified with a mummy bird. But so like... Mummy bird. They would all be in different layers at Mm -hmm. different points. So like some of them mask, like I said, some of them have like bracelets or something. Different things. And then like the prayers written on some of them. It was all done in a very specific manner. So remember from episode episode 19, Ancient Aliens, Horsecock Johnson. Did they take that off and uh, mummify it too? No, that stays. That stays on. It's, it just gets wrapped on its own. It's as gotcha. long as an appendage, it gets wrapped. So you got this mummy out there with a fucking 10 inch dick. <laughs> just hog wild right there. They stuffed it so it was solid. Yeah. Couldn't even close the lid. It was so big. 
<laughs> um, we got a stopper on this lid. What happened? Oh, shit. Break <laughs> this <up>. guy. <laughs> With the final wraps in place, the mummification process was now complete and ready for burial. By this time, hopefully the workers had finished construction on the tomb in the form of an enormous period. Oh, <laughs> you're going to say penis. Uh, I still periods. I still said period. <laughs> In the form of an enormous pyramid. I'm going to do that all over again. Okay. By this time, hopefully the workers finished construction on the tomb in the form of an enormous pyramid. Period. The tomb, whatever shape it was, was still filled with the same things. Possessions, food, prayers, religious statues, anything you would need in the afterlife was placed in the tomb, followed by the mummified body. These real-world items were believed to manifest in the afterlife, so sometimes animals would be mummified if you were thought to need them in the great beyond. At the funeral, at the funeral, priests would perform rituals and prayers, one of which was the opening of the mouth. Following the opening of the other parts of the body, by touching them with a special instrument <laughs> to open their senses, the priest would finally touch the mummy's mouth which would open their mouth to speak and eat in the afterlife. (laughs) So they would poke this instrument around the different parts of the body, say their prayer, and it would essentially, quote-unquote, awaken their senses for the afterlife. Oh, interesting. So the mouth was the final one. Of course it was. The mummy was then placed in its sarcophagus, and the burial chamber and tomb entrance were sealed up. I'm now changing my plans for my burial to this. Oh. It would be cool. I want a big tomb, but I also want one of those. My plan right now is I want one of those tree pods. Yes, yeah. The big tomb is a very pretentious, egotistical fucking... That, but I want to be mummified. It'd be cool as shit. Do you you want to be a tree or a a big sarcophagus? I mean, just (laughs) like a glass top, too. (laughs) Yeah, everyone can watch me decay. (laughs) Why choose mummification? Here lies little baby Lenin. Why choose mummification? I'll tell you why, Jim. Well, the Egyptians were very spiritual and had great love for life and wanted this great life to continue after their passing. They made their arrangements for death early on to ensure that they would be set for the afterlife. Mm. Fun fact about life and death in ancient Egypt, males had a life expectancy of 22 and a half to 25 years of age and females with 35 to 37 years of age. Not that old. Nope. So to continue that, but that's not to say like Ramses the second lived till he was like ninety. Well, that's because he's an alien, like oh. right. So to continue their life after death, the body was needed to be left in the right conditions. The Egyptians believed the body to be where the spirit was housed. So if the body was destroyed, then so too would the spirit in the afterlife. Possessions were entombed with them because whatever they were buried with, they had access to in the afterlife. Think about when you pack for vacation and you get halfway there and realize you forgot your sunglasses. You can only take what you pack. Now times that packing list importance by a thousand. Yeah, you're fucking dead. Seriously. You can't go back and get shit. All right, let's talk about some curses. We're going to talk about the curse of the pharaohs. Ooh. So in 1922, British archaeologist Howard Carter discovered King Tutankhamun's tomb in the Valley of the Kings. He was joined by his financier... Lord Carnarvon. Sealed since King Tut's death in 1323 BC. A couple years. They broke the seal to the tomb and entered it. it smelled With like straight that ass. that being said. Straight ass. 
I did the calculations on huh? years. I don't yes. know exact month days. So, because obviously we don't know days. 1323 BC to 1922. Yes. That is 3,244 years that tomb was sealed. 3,000 years is an incredible amount of time to think about. It really is. It is 38,928 months, 169,265 weeks, and 1,100,000 days. Days. Yeah. Whisper days. 3,244 years is a long time. God damn! Sorry, I choked. Hey, Brock. I'm so sorry. It's okay. That is a very long time. They ignored the inscription on the tomb. That said, death shall come on swift wings to him who disturbs the peace of the king. You never ignore the, the uh, inscriptions on tombs, you fucking idiots. Never. Amateurs. Yep. The news of their great discovery spread throughout the world, and they quickly gained notoriety for their achievement. Legend has always told of curses on those who dare disturb a sealed Egyptian tomb, but are these legends true? Let's find out. Well, shortly after the discovery, Lord Carnarvon would be found dead in Cairo at age 56. He was bitten by a mosquito on his face, and it had become badly infected, and he died of blood poisoning. Reports said that all the lights in the city went out suddenly that night. Ooh, spooky. He would that not is kind of creepy, actually. Right? Yeah. Think about that. He would not be the final victim of the curse. In 1923, Prince Ali... Camel Fami Bay of Egypt. I'm so sorry for butchering the name. It's all right. They couldn't hear because I was fucking singing over it. <laughs> <laughs> Just me in my head. I was doing the two. Prince Ali Fami. Uh, he was shot and killed by his wife. What? Did the lights go out then too? No. Damn. In 1924. How many years after? Uh, two. Sir Archibald Douglas Reed, uh-huh. who supposedly x-rayed the mummy, died mysteriously. Also in 1924, Sir Lee Stack, the Governor General of Sudan, was assassinated in Cairo. What did he have to do with it? <laughs> like, Jesus, just taking everybody out now. <laughs> 1928, Arthur Mace of Carter's excavation team died of arsenic poisoning. Happens. 1929, Carter's secretary, Richard Bethel, died smothered in his bed. Just smothered. I don't know how that happens. He they, was into the, you know. He was rolling choking. around in the covers probably. <laughs> <laughs> 1930, Carter, Carter, Carter's father committed suicide. And Carter himself died of Hodgkin's disease in his London flat in March of 1939 at the age of 64, not believing in the curse all the way to his death. Now, here's the thing with it. <clears throat> it's a long time after the Opening, though. Yeah, so here's the thing with it. At some point, everybody's going to die. Yes. So if we trace back... <laughs> In 1973, <laughs> the fucking child of the child died, must have been it. Like, if we trace back, say, one thing, like, say, our, your phone. Yes. The factory it was made in, all the way to shipping it to the store, from the store to you. Mm-hmm. From you on to somebody else afterwards, there's so many people that have touched that phone. Yes. Everyone's going to die. It's not, you know. Eventually. But some tragically. Right. Now, the only mysterious one you said out of that whole bunch, though, to I me. I don't know. The first three are kind of strange. Yeah. The first one, mostly, for me. Yes. Like, right so away. shortly after. Since was he was there. Lights out, and then. Mosquito. Yes. The guy now, getting smothered by his mistress in bed, and 
her <laughs> bolting. Doesn't really scare me. Lord Ramsey Bolton. Now we're going to talk about the unlucky mummy curse. Oh, this is what I'm waiting for. Let's talk about it. Well, let's listen to it. Well, well, preface the unlucky mummy curse by saying, I don't know. Some of it could be real. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of gray area with this one with what's real and what's not. Yeah. This mummy's been around since 1860s and so many stories about it. But the main reason why I want to talk about this is because there's a big connection to a big thing that happened that this mummy supposedly has that I want to talk about. Let's do it. So the story goes that in the 1860s, either five, four, or three Oxford graduates. Not two or not one. Nope. Took a trip to Egypt. The group sailed down the Nile and decided to take a souvenir to commemorate their trip from the mummy pits of Deir el-Bari. The souvenir they would take was the coffin lid to a high priestess of Amun-Ra. Now, all they took was the lid, not the mummy itself. The mummy was lost to this desert. Gotcha. Just the wooden carved lid. Um, Probably beautiful, too. Yes. It's... Uh, Entrancing, not entrancing. It's, it's really, uh, it's hard. Not, mm. it's freak. that was a lot of it's like, freaky. It was, uh, <laughs> it's freaky. I mean, it looks like a normal one. Um, look up unlucky mummy. It's oh, I am. I am. Keep going. Um, so the souvenir of the coffin lid, uh, they all decided to uh, take figure out who gets it. They did some kind of better or. or some kind of random chance thing, pulling straws or something. I don't fucking know. They did something. Something. I don't know. So this would be the start of their trouble. See, they only took the wooden lid, not the whole sarcophagus with the mummy inside. The carved wooden lid depicts the high priestess with long hair, wide, large eyes, a faint smile, and hands outstretched sideways at the chest. Yes. On the way back to Egypt... Two of the men died, and a third, while quail hunting in Cairo upon their return, accidentally shot himself in the arm, which would result in his arm's amputation right on their return. Now, a man, Good start. Yeah, a man in their group named Arthur Wheeler survived his return trip to England, uh -huh. but however, he lost his entire fortune gambling when he returned. He then moved to America, where he again lost his new fortune in home to a flood and a fire. Can I just say, that motherfucker lost his fortune, yep. created a whole new fortune. Lost That's some shit right there. Yeah. I mean, no, we can just make it again. Why not? Until he dies. a flood and a fire. Get fucked. <laughs> At this point, the coffin lid was under the safe care of Arthur Wheeler's sister. She had arranged for someone to come photograph the lid. And he died shortly after taking the picture. Am I going to die because it's on my screen right now? No, I've looked at it a lot. Well, that doesn't mean anything. At two in the morning. Uh-huh. Are you looking at one that's in black and white? Do uh, you see one that's in black and white? I see one that is in black and white. Okay, it suppose says 22542 on it. That is what it's called at the museum. But there's supposedly the ghost of the priest in that priestess in that picture. What? Behind it. It's just that, like, white shadow thing. So, the photographer died shortly after taking the picture. She then hired a man to translate the hieroglyphics on it, and he committed suicide. He suicided himself. Yep. The coffin lid was then given to the British Museum just before the turn of the century, and by its arrival, it had been given the nickname The Unlucky Mummy. 
Now, the unlucky mummy's reputation for death had started to become popular with British highfalutins, and after an article written by Bertram Fletcher Robinson in 1904 for the Daily Express called A Priestess of Death, that the general population learned of it. Three years after he wrote the article, Robinson suddenly died of a fever. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote the Sherlock Holmes series, recalled advising his friend Robinson not to get involved with the mummy for what the consequences might hold. Mm. During its years at the British Museum, the unlucky mummy would be blamed would be blamed for many, many ailments, torments, hauntings, and deaths. No other story about the curse of the unlucky mummy is greater than the one of her first-class voyage aboard the Titanic. Oh! Story goes that... She was on the Titanic. Apparently. Story goes that after the repeated poltergeist-like activity in the museum centered around the mummy, despite them taking it off the floor, putting it into storage, all sorts of stuff, moving it around, it would have, there would be footsteps at night, there would be weird lights, there would be cries, there would be screams, there would be another language chants and stuff. Minus the curse, that's pretty fucking cool. Right? I would want, I want to experience that without the curse of death. Right. Um... So supposedly after dealing with all that, the British Museum said, fuck this fucking lid, Mm -hmm. wooden lid, and they um, sold it to a private collector, private Mm -hmm. collector archaeologist in America. Mm -hmm. Now, how was she transported? On the Titanic. Apparently, so the story goes, the unlucky mummy claimed its final victims of the ill-fated ship. Oh, Stories very... She was loaded onto the ship, just get sent over, and uh, everyone knows what happened. What happened? (sighs) The Titanic sunk. Well, so stories vary on the fate, on her fate, but the fact remains that the coffin lid is still visible in the British Museum today. Yes. How? One story says that the new owners of the coffin had bribed the crew to allow the lid to be boarded on a lifeboat before being rescued by the Carpathia. So, some reports of this story say that it went to the bottom, and then there's a different lid that's getting confused with it that's in the British Museum. Other stories say that the lid did survive, um, and it was on the lifeboat. There's Mm -hmm. one story I read that said even said that there was a mummy with it the entire time, but the mummy was on the ship and went to the bottom of the ocean, and the lid is in the museum now. Stuff like that. Interesting, because I'm looking at looking at what looks like older fo- photos, the black and white one, yeah. as well as this one where they're looking at it on a table, and the lid is super flat compared to what I thought it would look like. Yeah. But, but either way, the Titanic does not have any manifest records of having a mummy aboard. But again, it wasn't a mummy. It was just a wooden lid. Right. So. That they decided they wanted to save, even though it's killed so many people. Right. And... There was no survivors of the Titanic who reported uh, sharing a lifeboat with a wooden mummy lid. And also, I highly doubt you can give somebody enough money to choose making space for... It was five foot long, this wooden wooden thing's five foot long. Mm -hmm. You could fit three, four, five people in a five foot spot on a boat. That's five people you just... The lid just laid across their laps. (laughs) Right, so... What the fuck is this thing? Don't worry about it. Just hold it. (laughs) Just hold it. Why is there a hole in our goddamn boat? (laughs) So, yes. 
You it's just a cool story. But either way, like I said, the coffin lid still sits in the British Museum today, continuing to plague the museum and its night watchmen with poltergeist activity. But it doesn't kill them. No. We're going to Britain, bitches. But people for years have claimed the unlucky mummy curse, have blamed the unlucky mummy curse for ailments they've suffered or deaths and loss. Mm. But how true is this curse? Well, you have to visit the museum for yourself. Wow, that's kind of morbid. <laughs> how true is this curse? Yeah. <laughs> How true is this curse? Does it really kill people? Ah, figure it out for yourself. <laughs> Just, I can't do everything for you. I can't do everything for them. I don't know <laughs> what they want from me. Jesus. <laughs> Go check it out. If anybody dies, report it back. We'll just put it in the history. I left out a bunch of shit on the unlucky mummy curse because, again, like so I said, much. there's so much. Mm-hmm. There's lots of plenty of good plenty well, of good articles with sources on even the history of this unlucky mummy curse. Um, more than like what I've gone into. Well, maybe someday we do an episode fully on the. <laughs> yeah, on because the there was actually stories of people on the Titanic who were like, "Oh yeah, I was on the Titanic with it. I'm the one who brought it aboard. I was supposed to meet this guy, you know, somewhere in yada yada." <laughs> but well, yeah, because obviously our job is to tell the story, let the people do the figure it out for themselves. I can't do everything. <laughs> No, yeah, maybe we'll do an episode on it and you really dive into whether stories are true or not. That doesn't matter. Right. So, mummies, bitches. Ghouls, There's whores. no ways to cure them. No. <laughs> they are already dead if they even, like, reanimated. You're probably going to have to find, like, a book of the dead or something, like, yeah. doing the mummy. Yeah, no. No. I just got you some right? history. Just avoid them, maybe, actively. But if you're, you know, you're like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go check this shit out. I like where you are. Well, out of all four of them. Mummies are cool as shit. They, they mm. have some of the, there's the one museum right by us. They have some. Oh, I'll check that out. Mummies are the only one out of the four that you can't kill, though. It's already dead. It's already dead. They don't have, like, I don't know. I'm sure whatever type of spiritual, ritualist. Ritual stuff is keeping them alive. I'm sure there's going to be a way to reverse it. If they're real. If they're real. I mean, mummies are real, but the curse. Right. Anyways, that was mummies. Any whore. That's awesome. Anyways, that was our Halloween 2 episodes. Yeah. So, out of the four, which one did you like the most? I like... uh, History in me loves the mummies. Of course. (laughs) But I also enjoyed, like... The classic horror movie vibe of like the vampires, right? Plus, there was history in that too. Um, but also for yours, I do like werewolves. That would have to be my favorite, if I'm being honest. But mummies, I like just the curses and all that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't want to experience one, but definitely is cool. It would be cool. So, ladies and gentlemen, mummies and ghouls. And squatches. Gotta get a little squatchy, baby. Thank you for listening to this week's Halloween special. Join us next year for our next Halloween special. <laughs> right. But next week, we'll like, wait, what? But next week, we will have another normal episode. Yes, back to our regularly scheduled episode. Boring. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. No. Yeah, so join us next Monday. Um, you can join us in the discussion by sharing your thoughts and theories on our socials on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. Links are in the show notes. You can also reach out to us at dtscast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what we do here at Don't Touch My Sasquatch podcast, 
and would like to support us, join our Patreon to get bi-weekly bonus shows, discounts on merch, and direct contact with us to keep the conversation going. Hit the subscribe button for auto-downloads to listen first thing every Monday morning and drop us a five-star rating. This helps us to grow and bring you more content for you to enjoy. Join us next Monday for our next stellar episode. Write us, rate us, review us, and remember, stay curious, be vigilant, and don't touch my Sasquatch. Don't do it. He's being a little bitch. (laughs) Peace. See ya. Welcome back. <laughs> you made it. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> we have so much gold that we missed. <laughs> Wait a minute. I gotta redo it. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna look at him. I'm just gonna stay. All I see myself. out of the corner of my eye is you like petting your beard like a fucking cat. Like you're Dr. Evil over here, for fuck's sake. The other is an ancient alien corpse that has undergone a burial procedure. What is an ancient alien corpse? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck! (laughs) An ancient alien corpse. Are less harsh because they grew up in in a less harsh environment? Or, where was I? (laughs) 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 I was rereading the line, sorry. This is why we read before we fucking get on the podcast. Stop it. <laughs> oh, the fuck? That, was, that was aggressive. That one was aggressive. Back on that one. <laughs> it really did. I can finish those or we can go. We, we're going to go together. <laughs> we're going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> now you can go ahead. <laughs> oh, behave. That is the latest. This is for y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to build a pyramid, paint some paintings, and start a revolution. Get ready for Lennon's History Corner. I just hear you breathing. <laughs> we have to, in the future, not talk over the camera. It's such a great little segment intro. Was that, I like... <laughs> <laughs> you were doing the dance, which nobody can see, but all I hear is... <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Okay. I'll stop waiting to do it for you. The fuck are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye, Pete. Yeah. Ah, we done.